God, I mean, I just got the chills. This is one of those songs for me that like oh, brings back so many memories. Well, it's the guy is like a phenomenal singer, and the songs you have to sing to, yes. and you cannot compete with this guy's voice. I know, you know? I know. As, as hard as you try, you just can't. Do <laughs> right. It. All right. Welcome back to Yaholics, episode two hundred and three. Two zero three, as, as one say. might say. One. That being producer yeah, Sean. We were cooking right along here in the old 200s. We are. Now we're on cruise control, basically. Uh, I know. No. Got another great show lined up this uh, week. We do. Super excited. Speaking of a great song, I want to remind everybody that we have a playlist on Spotify. We do. The Geoholics playlist on Spotify. The, and... the premier geospatial podcast playlist on Spotify. Hands down. <laughs> no question about that right? one. Right. But seriously, every song from every episode, from episode zero all the way through episode 203, yep. is on there in order. So uh, check it out. And it's some really, really good stuff. Might Talk be about the a variety. Most eclectic playlist on Spotify. 100%. 100%. So check it out. Um, you know what? I was just thinking, you know, we have met so many good people throughout mm -hmm. the course of this podcast. Sure. And last week was no different. <laughs> We have to tell. We have to talk a little about last week, just real quick. We do. We do. And the reason being is, for those of you that have been listening for a long time, you know that, gosh, every once in a while, we have to break up the monotony and uh, and have a show that is completely unrelated to geospatial. And last week was that show. And uh, it just so happened that we were tasting tequila and mezcal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can say, in all honesty, mm -hmm. one of my favorite experiences... It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. Yep. And that we, I think everybody kept in line. I do tell you one thing, though. <laughs> For those of you that watched it or whatever, uh, in the middle of the show, all of a sudden, a pizza delivery guy shows up at the door <laughs> and walks in with two pizzas. Yeah. And I made, I'm like. I made that happen. I was, I was <laughs> I like. I just didn't tell anybody. This is like a divine intervention <laughs> of some sort because I was so freaking hungry. And this pizza shows up, and I'm like, you are kidding me. I couldn't ask for anything more right, right. now. Eating pizza, drinking mezcal, it was glorious. I mean, uh, locally, if, if you are local to the Phoenix area and central Phoenix, which our studio is, my slice of the pie I mean, hundred uh, percent. You know, they don't pay us at all. It's just they make a great pizza. <laughs> I think we had like the El Pastor pizza. Anyway, it was phenomenal. It was ordered literally ordered online and was here in forty five minutes or less. And none of none of the guys even knew. I just did it knew. all. I did it all from my phone while we were while we were recording. I. I still I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, it that was, saved my life. It was that timely. Night. Yes. <laughs> and then, do you remember the freaking delivery driver did a shot of mezcal? Well, it's because we made him. <laughs> it's like no, 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 no. You got to try this, and not oh, even thinking like, okay, this God. guy drives for a living, but sure, take a shot of liquor <laughs> and then get on your way. And uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. Oh, Glad we did, man. It. Well. Yeah. We're not going to hell already. We're going to hell for that one. <laughs> Hopefully, you got home okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We're adding value. That's that's adding all. Adding that value makes sense. That's exactly. right. What's new, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, we are in the middle of um, uh, the you know the big week here in Phoenix area. Yeah. The, the the Phoenix Waste Management Open. I was out there yesterday. It was oh, a were? lot of fun. Nice. Uh, yeah, it got rained on. The pro am canceled, and still yeah. had a blast. Yeah, yeah. Wait, come on, you've been living like the Mac Daddy life recently. Why do you say that? I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but you played the TPC. Oh, yes. Yes, I did play like a at week the tournament ago. before the week before the with all the stands up and we yep. had a caddy. Yep. Uh, that was a bucket list item for me. And yep. uh, I'm really, really excited. Uh, I just have to give thanks to my my, my friend, Ted, Ted Claire. So while we're on uh, the Ted topic, that, met all that happen. did he also make Post Malone happen for you? Oh, yes. And I also... <laughs> 
Um, this is clearly a one-sided friendship because uh, he makes all the great stuff happen and I just show up. But uh, we're at the Post Malone Those concert, are the best friends, man. Right at hole 16. The stage was right in the middle of the awesome. hole. It was, uh, it was a great experience. And you're at the, the corporate box. Yeah. So, you know, it's open bar and food. I yeah. mean, it was, it, it, yeah, it's... It's been a good it's for been you. A, it's been a good time. It's a good time to be in Arizona, even with er, the crazy weather that's happening this week. Yep. Still a fun time. It's a good time to be Sean. Let's face it. Yeah. Now you sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you? What's new with you? Oh, man. It's birthday season in the grow household. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Both daughters getting a little getting one year older. Um, and it's great because my daughters are what? Presley's 26 now. Kenna's going to be 28. You know, once they hit that 21 mark and you can go out and have drinks with them and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. And now they got, you know, of course, I got a new shiny uh, son-in-law and then Presley's boyfriend, Nick, all hung out, you know, this past week and uh, celebrating Presley's birthday. And it was just a great time had by well, all. Well, I'm sure they all, they have their own lives and all they kinds do. of stuff going yeah. on. It's a good excuse reason to see the family the biggest challenge is getting time. everybody together well yeah that's the birthday has to be that reason <laughs> right crazy. yes but so much fun um let's move on tell us yeah. about that opening number oh man uh my favorite line from a family guy episode episode was the uh the, like the uh, is that journey like, you just hear it and everyone just flocks to the music uh that's funny. that was a song called stone in love everyone knows journey an american rock band formed in san francisco in 1973 Original members include Neil, I'm going to butcher these, Neil Schoen, Greg Raleigh, Ross Valerie, Greg Tickner, and Prairie Prince. Prairie Prince. How about that name? Really? I mean, that's that pretty amazing. Name, right? Yes. Uh, Journey achieved significant commercial success and fame in the late 70s and early 80s with a series of hit albums and singles. Their music is characterized by a blend of hard rock music and melodic pop featuring soaring vocal harmonies no and doubt. Virtuos virtuosic guitar solos. Throughout their career, Journey has sold over 75 million albums worldwide and earned a reputation as one of the most enduring and influential rock bands of all time. I don't think we have any mm. arguments there. Nope. I, I do believe they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as oh, well. I mean, I, I'm not even going to have to look it up. I yep. just know that's, yep. that's the case. One of my favorite bands from that era, for sure. I've never seen them. I, I think you've said that before. That's kind Never of, seen them. Kind of surprising because they're yep. like the, the the anthem, like the the big venue rock band. I told you that song gave me the chills. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. one of my jams. Some, brought up some memories that you don't remember. It did it? Did all right. Let's move on. Of course, we are in the Diamondback Land Surveying Studio this evening. Um, as we mentioned in the past, we have three studio sponsors we this are. year. Yes, we have Altera. Yes, we have Diamondback Land Surveying. Mm -hmm. We have. David Evans and Associates. But we do. And one thing, I am a failure, right? Last week, I forgot to mention something about our good friends at Altera Central. Okay. okay? They are having, and this is timely, so I had to bring it up tonight. Mm -hmm. They are having a certified used equipment sale. It's going on now for a very limited time. And when you purchase any of Altera Central's certified used equipment, you'll automatically receive the industry-leading Altera Assurance, which is a six-month warranty on all certified used equipment and no additional charge. I know this because we uh, we bought some uh, equipment this week. You did? Yes. From Altera? Uh, of course. Scott Spears? Uh, of course. Oh, timely. Right? Timely. Altera Central, uh, they understand the importance of reliable and accurate tools for your surveying needs. We both can confirm that because we both have bought equipment from them. And that's why they are excited to offer you one heck of a deal. Don't miss out. I this, mean, this does come around. It's not one of those sales pitches. It's not. They get, they get this equipment. It is a smoking deal. Well, they run it through all the paces. And they, it's and like they, brand and, new. And they stand by it. You know, you, you got to at least check it out and see if they got go. Yep. So do not miss out on this incredible opportunity. Head over to alterascentral.com to browse the selection, check out the competitive pricing, and see what Altera Central can do for you. Absolutely. Now, let's give Diamondback Lands for making a plug as well. <laughs> It's a little little off tonight, but I forgot to mention that last week, and I felt obligated to do so. Sure. So that's that. Well, I mean, we've Diamondback has been a friend. They all kind of run together at this point. And, yeah. and Everyone right. knows who those guys. Yeah. Uh, One check of the out premier. Trent. Yeah. You know, Mentoring Mondays, Wisdom Wednesdays, you know. Roundtable Tuesdays. Yeah, check it out. He's always putting out good stuff. And traveling the country, yeah, um, just know. promoting the profession. 
really and we love Trent. Somehow, we're gonna see him he's one of those guys that puts 30 hours a day in a 24-hour day indeed indeed besides all that he also runs a successful business yep so. and we're gonna see him at geo week next week can't wait super excited next uh, up the geo max weekly service pro tip mm. uh this is a good a good one uh uh don't dwell on what went wrong instead focus on what to do next spend your energies on moving forward toward finding the answer mm. that is dennis waitley author and motivational speaker i like that one yeah yeah i mean so good uh what did uh and so true and what did i was just watching it's the same same thing that uh remember we uh had jelly roll was one of our music guys yep he won a music choice award he won an award and his speech was and one of the things he said was there's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror interesting should have used that as a quote right yeah that's a but, good i one. mean that's right in line with you know it's so forward. true yeah i mean why dwell on the past exactly. does you no good you can't change it exactly you can learn from it you can but you i mean hopefully you do um uh, but you can't change it so just look forward all the time right yeah and thanks geomax for uh sending us that one this week it's, it's a good one yeah, it's a good one yep next up we have the geo search job of the week you want to take this one uh, i think i will there's a lot here to digest go for it uh i mean i, I gotta admit i kind of got a little interested in this job because <laughs> uh, going through the uh going through the details so uh company at tampa florida mm -hmm. looking for a southeast survey operations manager like it. Uh, yeah, this is a high level 10 year plus uh, company is seeking an experienced professional who has the passion and energy to take one of the one or more of the following key service lines in their southeast operations, subsurface utility survey municipal and CEI services on any given day, you'll take the lead in successfully marketing and winning subsurface utility service sur or survey municipal and CEI services related projects from public sector clients cities counties and townships as well as private sectors uh develop long-range strategic plan the annual business plan and the current year marketing plan for the group with particular emphasis on group p l capital purchase which we just talked about yep. with uh, out there and uh yep. staff training yep uh you'll supervise the work activities of project managers engineers technicians and other assigned specialists and you'll act as the company representative and spoke spokesperson in the community as well as be active in civic and professional organizations yeah like uh, quali qualifications include uh professional certification or license and mm -hmm. prior experience in supervising staff managing projects developing new and maintaining existing clients desired skills bachelor's degree in land surveying geography civil engineering or anything related and an eager list to eagerness to cultivate a team environment where all staff members feel valued and supported and all ideas flow freely in order for that to happen you can't look back you got to look forward you got to look forward yeah. and you need that forward-looking person and this is what that position uh, is looking for i like uh, it if you want to learn more go to geosearch.com hit the job seekers drop down search for the uh southeast survey operations manager position and uh take take a look see if anyone's interested hmm. i think you just got a new job i mean don't want to get ahead here but well no i wasn't meaning that i mean reading the geo search job of the week from week to week oh, oh you, you did you such like a good job that's you oh thank you perfect that's exactly what i was hoping to get i am so excited to talk about carlson software founded in 1983 carlson software specializes in cad design software field data collection and machine control products for the land surveying civil engineering construction and mining industries worldwide providing one source technology solutions from data collection to design to construction oh yeah Carlson Software's renowned dedication to customer service is unique in the industry. Their software suite is designed to complement land surveying operations and provides a variety of survey features to process data from surface modeling to least squares network adjustment. Users work seamlessly between the office and the field by utilizing company-wide design styles for ease of use and efficiency. And I can say, I have personally been using Carlson since 1991. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 1991? Yes. How is that possible? Oh, my God. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> time flies when you're having fun, that's for sure. But back in 1991, when I was introduced to Carlson, it was very apparent to me that their software products simply think like a surveyor. It's so easy to use. Their customer service is second to none. And uh, I actually went to Maysville, Kentucky for some training and played golf with Bruce and, uh, and his brother. 
Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Nicest human beings on the planet. Um, highly recommend Carlson. To find out more, simply go to carlsonsw.com. Be sure to let them know the Geoholic sent you. All right. Let's jump into this one. All right. Uh, He's our, been waiting long enough. Our guest this evening, of course, is sponsored by Airworks. You can find them at airworks.io. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Mike Lee with us this evening. A little bit about Mike here before we let him jump in and become a part of this mess. Born in Burnaby, BC, grew up in Vancouver City, suburb of Richmond, BC. He attended Simon Fraser University in Burnaby, BC. Uh, home of the. Uh, <laughs> Curlers, <laughs> the, the fighting curlers, <laughs> fighting curlers. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get Mike to let us know what that is. His hobbies include playing sports such as badminton Love and it. spike ball. Love it. Uh, I'm a spike ball fan, by the way. Really? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I, we're going to talk a little more about that here in just a second. He loves to watch hockey. Of course, Vancouver Canucks are his team. His soccer team is uh, FC, being a football or football club, right? Yes, football club or foot club, football club. How do you say this? Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, we were at Intergeo last week. Yeah. You drove by the stadium. I know you did because it's on the way from the airport. Really? Where we were going, yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, career highlights include uh, launching multiple new product lines in a three-year period to more than triple the revenue with a fast-growing company. Wow. A local Vancouver unicorn startup to a billion-dollar acquisition. What are we doing wrong, dude? Yeah, I think we are failures. <laughs> I think compared to this guy, clearly we are. We are failures. Now, anybody listening, if you're if you're interested in acquiring the geoholics for multi billion dollars, we would be open to that. Well, first off, we're not? gonna we're gonna negotiate with Mike, get yeah. him as part of the team, and then we'll start that because we don't know what the house is. Doing, no, right? We don't. And All right. Of course, he he's passionate about people and businesses making a difference. Uh, Mike, welcome to the geoholics. Thanks for being here. Thank you, gentlemen. Nice to be here. Oh, man. So excited to have so you So many here. questions. So many questions. <laughs> yeah. But before we get to that, let's do the uh, geospatial, uh, Trimble geospatial icebreaker. Uh, what is the one thing you couldn't live without, Mike? The one thing I couldn't live without, besides, you know, air and sunshine. Um, boy, oh, boy. I think I couldn't live without love in my life. Oh, I love oh. that. It's deep, yeah. but I like it. Uh, somebody's got Valentine's Day on the mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Good reminder, right? How about you, Sean? You got anything uh, that comes to mind when you uh, think about that question? Um, you know, it's going to sound cheesy, but the first thing I think of is my family. Aww. I could not live without my family. Well, um, in the not cheesy land, I would say... I don't want to say my phone because that's mm. terrible. I'm going, to, I'm going to stick with my family. That's a good one. That's a good one. So anything I say now is me being a jerk. So I'm not even going to say it. No, no, no. You got to do it. I was going to say this mess cow we're drinking. <laughs> so just to recap, the one thing you can't live without. <laughs> oh, man. Let's I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you stew on that one. <laughs> Let's get to know Mike a little bit better. So Mike, growing up in B.C., um, it was interesting in your bio that there were a couple instances where your life has come full circle. Share that a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting where um, when I finished high school and was trying to figure out where I was going to go to school, you, you know, like, like most people that are kind of keen, you applied to a bunch of schools, um, you applied to a bunch of scholarships and that kind of, if you're, if you're hopefully you can get something on that line and the school that came back to me and brought me in was actually Simon Fraser University. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a computer scientist by by education, and the School of Computer Science offered me a scholarship. And um, it really struck me when in my first year you go into these you know these big lecture halls and you got you got people like your calculus course at eight thirty in the morning, mm. some ridiculous time. And, and I learned shortly afterwards that that was the exact lecture hall that my parents first oh my met. gosh and then Wait, so, that you, so you're a simon fraser legacy yeah exactly i mean <laughs> apparently i was told that when i was born because my parent my dad had had gone back to school and had not um completed his uh his degree uh 
I actually lived on campus as a newborn. So that I hadn't realized that. And then to see that come full circle is a bit of a mind blower for me when I realized or when my parents told me that. So you were conceived on campus. Oh, don't I don't go know. There, Ken. Yeah, don't yeah, I don't know. But yeah. All, all indications are Mike was conceived on campus. Yeah. What is what is the mascot of Simon Fraser University? Geez, the mascot. Uh, you know, they they actually went through a bit of one of those recent kind of hey, we we have this mascot and this name, and we need to rename ourselves. So they oh. used to be called the Klansmen. Mm, okay. no, you can't wait, do that with a with a you K. Cannot do that. No, <laughs> no, with a C. Yeah, yeah, that's a you good, good question. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plans and as, as sorry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the South in, in North Carolina. Like I just immediately nice went shot, there. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, Klansman with a C, right? Okay, and, um, okay, okay. I mean, I yeah, get why they, you need to rebrand, but yeah. <laughs> and so they, they, yeah, they, they did a rebrand, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure where they, where they ended up because that's a pretty recent kind of social kind of, re, you know, revision. Uh, sure. Okay. Aspect. And, and and I think we all understand how important that is in, in the bigger scheme of things, but. Yeah, I, I'm not actually aware what what, what they rebranded themselves now as their <laughs> as their uh, mascot and theme. So, yeah, yeah, I like it. Great, great answer to that. Um, let's talk about spike ball a little bit. Obviously, you've heard of heard of this sport. Oh, I'm yeah. not familiar with it. How did you get into it, Mike? Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, spike ball is a as a as a brand name for a game called round net, and you play with two to four people around a net and. You have three, usually it's two against two, and it's like volleyball. You get three You get three hits, and then you got to spike it down. In this case, you have to slam it into the net, and then the other team has to defend it off the bounce, and you get three touches. So like like volleyball, if, if you're familiar with that. Um, and during the pandemic, um, my I have, a, I, have a, I have a couple of kids, but one of my boys, like the kids can't go play with their friends, right, because we're supposed to be sure. staying within your own family groups. And so I found this as an opportunity for us to get outside and do something together and we ended up playing spike ball together and so my son um my son is actually uh he plays on the senior men's varsity team for the sport ultimate Mm. uh for uh, uh, a university called queen's university in in kingston ontario in canada and they just a shout out to them they just won the national championship for the sixth time so they've got the winningest record but so he's like he's always trying to look to, to, to cross train and play other sports and so this was a great sport for him and I to connect on during the pandemic uh, and play this game. And so I, I fell in love with it just because it was an opportunity to be active, do something in the pandemic and connect with my son. Super cool. Were yeah. you, will you played it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, we, 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 we like take it to the beach. It's a great, oh, it's a great it's a beach game. game. Got it. And it's not, it's not a beach game, but it, it, it can be played on the, the sand and yeah because you can it's mobile you can set yeah. up the net grab a ball and just start start like it. it yeah you don't like and it. and it, it 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 welcomes all skill levels interesting you know you can within a few minutes you can kind of start getting it and then mm-hmm. and i've seen it on espn like they've they've had they have oh, yeah yeah Oh yeah, yeah spike yeah. balls on ESPN. Yes, so spike balls on ESPN. Correct. Cornholes on ESPN. Yeah. Um, that, oh yeah, yeah. Cornhole is even. Don't knock, like, don't knock cornhole. That's a great spike, game. If spike ball got as popular oh as cornhole, it'd be a whole. It'd be a huge thing. Why can't we get curling on ES? You need to ask yourself that question. That is so frustrating to me. If they had roller curling, I might. I might look into it. Or full contact curling. Also possible. Possible. <laughs> We'll see what we can do about that. Maybe we just start. Maybe we just invented a new sport. Uh, you may. We may have. May, we have. may have. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your role at Teledyne. Tell us a little bit about that and why you love working for a company like Teledyne. Well, Teledyne is a really interesting company. Um, for those of you in your audience that don't know, it's been. It was established in 1960. It's uh, based out of Thousand Oaks, California, and it is a. Uh, so it's a 64-year-old industrial electronics engineering company um, that has uh, just has grown in scale uh, for the past. In, you know, industrial years. electronics is where it started. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it right today it, it, it encompasses, um, like if you just do the, do the quick check on the website, you'll see there's four major divisions. They do everything from 
like building the big systems engineering um, um, for advanced, manu uh, advanced manufacturing, like, like energy systems and turbines. Um, there's a whole aerospace and defense segment with avionics and communications. Hmm. Um, they do instrumentation, like down to like the oscilloscopes and, 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 and that type of electronic instrumentation. But I, uh, the group that I fall under is what's called digital imaging. Right, so anything to do with mm. uh, imaging sensors, uh, sensors and receptors. So the group has everything from the visible light type stuff that I'm a part of, to um, if you think about uh, X-ray machines that are in every diagnostic uh, imaging department within a hospital, it's mm. just not not only the X-ray emitters but also the X-ray uh, sensors that capture it. Um, those are typically OEM from uh, Teledyne, for example. So it's a very broad and diverse range of uh, electronics equipment and, and components that are prevalent throughout, you know, our everyday life. Yeah, uh, you said a, you, you said an acronym there. Uh, OEM is that um, optical and yeah. emitter. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> original equipment manufacturer. So they'll okay, they'll, okay. they'll sell these components and embed them in brands that we might know in the medical industry. Oh, because, so you that's it, you you make the guts. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the guts. Some of the some hopefully what we would call the critical key components of the guts, they come from us. Got it. You know, okay. You know an interest an interesting one that that I um that I was aware of, but I wasn't quite uh, uh, aware of how it was used is that we even have uh, foundries that manufacture um uh something called MEMS, microelectromechanical systems. And MEMS are for example are 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 components used in every mobile phone. And it's used in mobile phones to determine things like your, um, it's got a built-in accelerometer and magnetometer. Those are MEMS. So I had no idea until really? I joined this business that we even had the division that actually manufactures those types of, uh, that, that level of technology and those devices. Have you ever uh, thought about manufacturing a Faberometer? A Faberometer, <laughs> yeah. You know, we should, I think we should test, would you, would you sign up as a, as a, as a beta user? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So for a lot of people listening, they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh man, okay, well that's that's sounds pretty cool. I don't know how interesting it is. Um, make it exciting a little bit. Tell 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 us why this is exciting for you. Well, I'll, I'll tell you where the, the group I'm in it actually started out as a company called Point Gray Research. Like, like many organizations, you're acquired. Um, but this group here does something really innovative with respect to industrial grade um, imaging sensors um, that you would call, you, they would, they would give the, be created as what we call machine vision cameras. So they're used wherever it's extremely important to have reliable uh, quality images. Like you can't drop a frame. Everything is important. So um, NASA and JPL knocked on our door several years ago. And if oh, you wow. remember, do you remember in 2020 when we had that Mars Perseverance lander land, actually land yeah. on Mars? Yeah. And do you rem remember the, 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 the footage when they showed the chute going up and then, the, and then all the dust billowing down below as the rover actually landed on Mars? Yeah. Well, those cameras were actually designed and manufactured in the facility that I work with, the, with my colleagues here, oh, wow. That's cool. here in Richmond. So like as a business, you know, we've got lots of instrumentation as well on like the rover itself. But, but it came like, it made me realize that, you know, we sell products that are and technology that we deploy that are used on the ground, underwater, huh. in the air, and literally out of this world. I mean, all kinds of questions pop up. The first is, how do you make a, and I, I and now that you say that. The, and by the way, this is one landing that I believe happened. <laughs> so, just FYI. Just FYI. We couldn't go to the moon, but Mars, totally plausible. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. And the live feed was totally good. Uh, how do you make a camera that can survive that kind of trip and can take, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty good resolution. How do you even test for that? Yeah, like, what, yeah. How, what, how, where do you even start? Like, I'm, I'm imagining the heat and pressure and lack of shock and vibration. Yeah, and, like, yeah. oh, like. So I, I, I think our team had to admit, like, we that standard was a level of standard that was a degree of rigor greater than what we, you know, than our our customer base here on Earth. Um, so we were pleasantly surprised to be selected 
as a as a as a manufacturer of source for sourcing the you know these these cameras, uh, and to have them go through the you know whatever the the rigor that they had here on Earth, um, we've we're not we weren't included in that process, but we were certainly really proud to see that they actually operated in you know in the real situation uh, when they actually had to go and eject out and then land on the on the surface itself, and so we were super stoked and excited to see that you know, our, our products come and, and fulfill that, that is part of the mission. Right. And it almost seems like you have to make new tests that you wouldn't normally make on this, this piece of equipment to do something that's never been done before. It's like, yeah. it can't just go through the normal earth QC. Like yeah. you gotta like <laughs> even create something to simulate. I mean, I don't even know where to begin to think about that. You know, what I, you know I, I laughed at when he said they were pleasantly surprised surprised to be selected i'm like there's competition for this there's that many smart people in this world yes Kent, yes Kent. i know it's hard to believe because of uh we spend so much time together but there are a lot of smart people out there <laughs> and yeah and there and there there was competition i guess wow that's pretty cool um so, so what, yeah, what are, what are some of the other, I know that's probably like the best, you know, the, the cool story you tell every, you know, all your kids, friends that come over and you're like, Hey, you know, we did this, like, what are more of the, I'm going to say real world, but earth world <laughs> applications. applications. Down, down to earth, down to earth. <laughs> yeah, the down to earth applications. Cause <laughs> I mean, you know, you see the cameras of like that precision and now, and I'm guessing the industrial model has really moved to as, as the robotics have advanced, you need the cameras to show where you're at. I mean, I'm guessing that's where, that's where you guys are, are providing. Yeah, we have, we have a broad range of, you can just imagine how today we see automation and autonomous vehicles and autonomous mobile um, mm. uh, uh, robotics out, out there. And so our products are used where, when, you know, it has to be reliable. You have to get those images, um, stereo imaging. So you've got multiple sensors simulating like, like the human eyes to see, see two images and, mm. and correlate for depth. That's a common application. We've had a long history in products like that. Um, and then I, I actually manage a product line that some of your audience might be familiar with called the Ladybug product line. And that has, it's an interesting one because that product line um, also now covers a lot of the geospatial type industry type applications like mobile mapping. So this, uh, as, as an example, this product line was first launched uh, in uh, 2002 and at, if you guys remember, like Google celebrated Google Maps, their 15-year anniversary, I think a year or two ago. And we were actually, the original Ladybug, uh, the original Ladybug model was actually Google's camera at that time back in, I don't know, like 2005 hmm. or something. So if you look at them showing what the history of their cameras, because they designed yeah. and manufactured their own cameras today. But this product that I now manage, you know, 20 plus years later, was actually part of Google's inauguration as well as they were trying to introduce that as a mainstream type of you know how do I find my way around this world uh, kind of thing. So that's we're cool. pretty we're pretty pleased and proud that you know that's that's where we we fall into that history as well. That's cool. What um, what type of applications are there for like drones and UAVs? Yeah, there's everything from aerial surveillance to. Um, you know, people just trying to take pictures, but typically we're not in the commercial grade type stuff where, which is super fun. Like, you know, I, I love those products where you pop up a drone and you go on a hike and it follows you and you, the, oh, yeah. you get these amazing vistas of the hills and the lakes and like, it's spectacular, but we, we don't sell products into, we, at least the customers that we, that, that buy our, our components for, they don't, they don't use it for that. It's usually a little more industrial where the resolution, the precise performance uh, you know, and the typical things that you have when you're talking about manufactured products for applications, size, weight, and power, those are really critical, of course, on a, like an drone application. So that's you... when they come and look at us and, and, and look at the types of components we have for that. So when it comes to technological advances, how do you decide what direction to go? Is it based on need or is it something you have a plan for? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting part. Every business has a uh, perhaps a, a bit of a slightly different history and a, and a trajectory. I mean, I, we're pretty firmly believing in what is the market telling us. Mm, uh, we are very fortunate to have many long-standing customers. Um, so, 
it's in, it's critical like any other business to build strong relationships with those longtime customers, uh, help them grow as they grow, we grow, and so it's a mutual win-win. That's really important to us in our business. The other aspect, of course, is you always want to learn, look, and 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 understand um, adjacent opportunities, new market application, new applications in the markets that you're in, but as well as potentially new markets like the adjacent bowling ball. You know, if you use the bowling ball mm -hmm. uh, alley type of uh, analogy, yeah. and so we want to uh, continue to drive our business very much based off of market demand and uh, and, a, and a differentiated focus strategy. So, yeah. what are we doing that's different that is a benefit? Uh, to our customers to help them win in the marketplace as well. Mm. So that's the value add. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, clearly. And I, and I was just curious if, and kind of piggyback on what you're, you're asking, Kent, is it, you, do you, you primarily go with what the needs of the customer or is it you have a technology going in a direction and you can take it further in that direction. And then the client's needs can then they can realize, Oh, well, if that can be twice as better then we can use it for this. Does that yeah. ever happen with you guys as well? Oh, for, uh, for sure. Especially being a, a, a very engineering-based organization with, uh, with you know, access to uh, a lot of really bright people and, um, and insight into a lot of advanced technologies. We're really fortunate in that, that type of, those types of ideas get brought up all the time. And we want to entertain that. We want to brainstorm. We want to discover. We want to explore. But ultimately, it's also ensuring that our customers are successful in their business and there's a strong case to make sure that our product fits into their use case scenarios so they help them win. So, I mean, I, that's putting my product management on. I mean, ha having said that, as a computer science guy, I was telling you, you know, I spent the first decade of my career as a professional software engineer, right? So, yeah. so, so I, I, love, I love talking about the different use cases of, of new technology, um, and, uh, and and you know even just to share a little bit more about that those early days, like I was I was very much a software guy, so I was hands off, and then I ended up getting this role where because you're the software guy, you're now trying to make sure everything works together so you sure. can present it to the to the customer, the user, and so then I had to go into the lab and like no, you're the you're the integration lead. I'm going well, what do I have to do? Well, see that machine spinning over there? Now you're going to have to stop it and put your fingers on there and then clamp it down. Like, i got to put my hands on this thing. And, and then you get, you know, there's fiber optics and there's a thermal imaging laser. And like, I was, uh, that was a huge kind of uh, uh, eye opener for me. As, like, I wasn't, I, wasn't an, I wasn't an engineer by training. I was a computer scientist by training. So those were great experiences to really um, expose me to new technology or, or areas that I wasn't out of my comfort zone. But then I loved, learning about that from my colleagues now. Like I'm, my, my roles change, right? I've been doing this, I've been wearing this product management hat for, for, for longer than I ever did the, the software side of the thing, of, of, of development. And, uh, and it's, so it's always fascinating to learn in here and mm -hmm. oh, that could be helpful with, with those customers asking to help us solve these problems. Sure. That is cool. So I have to ask the question that we ask a lot of our guests and it's mainly in the the purely surveying equipment space, mm -hmm. but I'm curious what your perspective is. Do you think it is, or what, what do you think has advanced more or what needs to catch up? Is it the hardware or the software to handle the hardware? And I'm curious what your, your perspective is. That's a good question, Sean. Every once yeah. in a while. Hey, Mezcal brings out the best in you. <laughs> Just FYI. You know, the, the, I think the sensor technology and the hardware platforms continue to evolve and we're always getting the, you know, the, the, the stronger, faster, higher kind of mantra that, 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 that you know, uh, with respect to technology and equipment. Uh, you know, the increased processing at a, at a lower cost per unit kind of metrics. Those are, those are macro trends that we always monitor and to some degree, we, you know, we and our customers rely on that in order to deliver greater value in terms of the actual equipment we produce. But I think that there's tremendous opportunity on the software. So I think we've all had this wonderful opportunity. You know, it's just been over a year and a half when OpenAI released ChatGPT to the world and kind of turned the, oh my gosh, this AI technology can be used by every, you know, anybody every day now. Uh, and so those capabilities, um, the concept of these, you know, natural language processing, large language models, these whole, this whole world of generative AI, whether it's text or images or 
music. I mean, it's 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 fascinating to watch this be be alive today to watch this take place and see how it affects us in an in in an, in an every, everyday experience. And so, I think there's tremendous opportunity to take this technology and leverage it to maximize its utility for our customers. Hey, can, can I talk about Diamondback Land Surveying for a second? Please do. By far our favorite friend of the program, their surveying department offers land surveying applications for residential, commercial, and public works projects across the western U.S. Their respected mapping team provides commercial subdivision and plat mapping, easements, and legal document preparation. DBLS is dedicated to building and maintaining an excellent reputation in the construction and development communities by constantly providing top-notch services for our clients. Trent Keenan and his team of professionals look forward to the opportunity to work with you. To find out more, simply go to diamondbacklandsurveying.com. And while we're on the topic, we might as well talk about Get Kids Into Survey. Yeah, I think we have to. Get Kids Into Survey began in 2017 by Elaine Ball with the creation of the first Get Kids Into Survey poster that reflected a fun resource for the survey community to share with their children in order to help them understand what their parents did at work. The response from the industry members was so overwhelmingly encouraging that just two years later, they have a whole range of survey posters in production and we have distributed over 60,000 copies globally. I have a feeling it's even more than that. As the Get Kids in the Survey community expands globally through its network of sponsors and brand ambassadors, the project now includes full programs of work for educators, scholarship opportunities, and a ton of resources that will inspire the next generation of surveyors. Education is our passport to the future, as they say. Find out more by simply going to getkidsintosurvey.com. So you mentioned AI, and in your bio, you mentioned that you recently completed the executive education course, Artificial Intelligence, Implications for Business Strategy. Talk about the takeaways from that experience. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love watching and following the technology like many people that like to play with toys and tools and that kind of thing. But I think for me, because that wasn't, a core part of my job, so to speak, is that it gets pretty jumbled up pretty quickly in terms of what are all these technologies and what they can do and, and how, how could we ever make it useful or beneficial from a business perspective? Uh, where is this level of maturity? How, can, how could we be confident enough in, to, to use it to present it in front of our customers so they're confident enough and actually making it useful for the end user. Mm -hmm. And so I took this opportunity to really tackle it from a both a business and a technology perspective. So I I, I found this course that uh, combines the business school side along with a well-renowned computer science AI lab. So this is at MIT. And they offered this course, and uh, I loved it. It, it, it. They really forced you to, um, not forced you, they gave you the opportunity to read content in a organized, structured manner. The, the and, then, and, and, and I have to admit, I had not, you know, I've taken courses in my professional career for years. Right? You know, every year you take courses and you learn and you expand your skills. But to go back to school, so to speak, and have an assignment that was due every week, and someone was going to grade it, and, and you know, and, all, and all, that that was that was a, that was a different type of uh, uh, reintroducing that type of stress back in my life. But but I love the fact that they uh, they put an organized manner for us to learn the the technologies, so you could speak about it in some clear, coherent manner, and then always ask us. So how could this technology be used to uh, to help? your business of choice. Uh, so, mm. so that was really interesting to get that out of the course. So on that note, I have a question for you. Um, businesses are now playing catch up in a lot of ways when it comes to AI and developing like AI policies, that type thing. What might be, you know, some, um, I don't know, recommendations you might give a business that is developing an AI policy? Yeah, boy, but I'm not sure if I'm, I appreciate you asking me that. I'm not sure I'm the right guy. I mean, we, even within our organization, you know, there was an, uh, when ChatGPT and, 
and and uh, you know and Microsoft yep. both now what they now call Copilot and and and, and Google calls their thing Gemini. So you see all these big players introducing this. Yep. There was a corporate policy that was put in place. So what can you actually use this for uh, legitimately? Yep. And I think the you need to think about ethics. You need to think about the impact on people and and job processes. So it's, it's it's such an important thing uh, to consider as you bring in these technologies. Um, it will impact it will impact jobs, but the this is like anything else. Like um, they use some great examples to explain to us how, when you think about um, the 1900s, the turn of the century, 40% of the employment manpower was in agriculture. Wow. The turn of the century in North America, it was just to be able to produce enough food to feed people. Today, Wait, is that the turn of this recent century or the one before? <laughs> I think the one before. Okay, okay, we're talking about the one before, right? Okay, got it. <laughs> Different but kind of that, cultivation. Sure, sure. <laughs> but the really interesting thing is today, that's 2% of our population generating wow, enough, enough, enough food for a population that has scaled in that, in that, in that, you know, in century, right? So wow. it's astounding how this is technology. And what, so what happened to it? They say, so what happened to all those people that were doing, were in agriculture? Well, they, that, that was the start of this, the, the whole go to school system mm. in the in the in north america establishing wow. you know establishing the school system the education system and so now you have north americans that are amongst the high the most highly educated literate literate people in in any country whether in the us or canada for example yep. and so we've continued to expand in other areas in our economy so mm. it's really fascinating to see how will ai impact us now mm. right like you might lose some jobs here but the opportunities yeah. for our, us and the next generation is astounding. It really is. I think I don't even think we've scratched the surface. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, we're very, we're still really early in this, in, in the journey for this. Uh, and and you know how Gartner talks about if you ever uh, if you sometimes uh, you ever read Gartner's reports, they've got they talk about hype cycle. Uh, so we're still very much early in that hype cycle, yeah. uh, still with AI technology. So we have to be be careful when you think about policy and. And, and managing expectations. Yeah, well said. So yeah. you mentioned autonomous vehicles earlier. <clears throat> I feel like we have an opportunity to get some inside information. It's like, are we all going to be buying autonomous vehicles in our lifetime? Or are we still going to have manually controlled vehicles? I mean, what do you, what do you think it's going to look like in the future? And keep in mind, we're, we're one of the few Waymo cities. So yeah, we, we have Waymo. Yeah, we, yeah. we have pretty, pretty first, which I love. I mean, I, I think oh. it's, I think it's genius. Like if I'm I could a, take Waymo yeah, I'm everywhere, a, I'm a, I would do it. If, if there's a, there's a gold class or whatever user I'm at, that's I'll take the them, reason. I'm, I'm glad them over anything else. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because Waymo is the reason I'm like, well, maybe my next, the next car that I buy might be a Waymo car, right? I mean, if, if it could take me to work and then make me money while I'm at work and then pick me up and take me home and I don't have to drive the whole time. What are you asking for? What do you mean? You, you want everything. Yeah. Why even get out of bed in the morning? You just let everything out, all the mechanical stuff do everything for you. I mean, yeah, that kinda, sounds amazing, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, now that you say it out let's loud. Let, let's let the smart guy tell us what's going on. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think that's pretty amazing that you guys have access to Waymo in, 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 in your city. But we don't we haven't we haven't had that level of uh, access here in Canada. I think we're sort of probably still bumping into, you know, regular regulatory uh, requirements or policies, just catching up still with technology here in, 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 in British Columbia and Canada, where I'm based. But um, the the opportunities are astounding in terms of what it can mean to the environment, the um, the economy, uh, just better use of people, reducing um, congestion on the road, getting people to places mm. in a shorter period of time. Yep. Uh, the opportunities are there, and it, it it doesn't mean that people have to all lose their jobs, like you know, in order to allow this technology to happen. There's there's uh, there's viable paths where this can actually you know, get people from A to B faster. And like you said, even allow people to potentially find revenue out of that. So it's, 100%. it's fascinating. 100%. I'm, I'm totally on board with it. I'm not saying I don't want to go to work. I just don't want to drive there. <laughs> well, no, and you can be doing work That's while you're point. being driven yeah, there. Exactly. Yes, it's genius. I, just saying. <sighs> the world we live in, Sean. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, 
So another thing I read about you is uh, you received a GM award for enriching lives of customers. Talk about that and what that means to you. Yeah, I, I, I that was a that was a company wide award um, presented a few years ago, and uh, I wasn't expecting it. But um, we have awards like most organizations at the end of the year, uh, where they give values, uh, give awards according to the values of the organization, and um, one of them is, of course. Uh, listening to or, or doing things in accordance to where their customers uh, really benefit from what we're bringing to, to, to them, delivering to them. And so I think in my role, I get an opportunity to interact with, meet with, and speak to customers around the world. That's, I'm just fortunate in that role, and I get to uh, talk to them like we're doing here online, but also in many instances, I meet with them face-to-face. -face. And so I... I am very much an advocate and a champion for you know, why we should do things in certain ways in order to make it easier and beneficial to our customers. And as a result, um, doing that on a repeat basis, I was very pleased and proud to get recognized for that. And that was given to me as a GM award uh, for, yeah. That's awesome. So what's next? What are you excited about? Oh boy, there's a tremendous opportunity everywhere we look. Um, you know, I, I happen to be in a couple different domains in terms of where the, 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 the position I sit in. So I love and, and, and continue to enjoy the, the, what's happening in the mobile mapping space within the geospatial industry and its utilization of technologies that, that we bring to the table that actually help make them much more efficient. So, you know, if for those, um, those of you that are aware of the Ladybug product, uh, it's used from everything from high-end mobile mapping systems for survey grade type uh, um, uh, capture of content to mobile mapping for high, high definition mapping. So that's generating, um, capturing the, the content and then being able to generate uh, and represent the world as a, a vectors and polylines so that you you can support autonomous vehicles to drive. Uh, so there's there's tremendous opportunity in that space there. But I'm also working on others like others like digital platforms, um, things to help you know customers try and I have this problem to try and figure out how do I get the right you know with 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 advanced technology comes complexity. So how do we make it a lot easier for customers to find the right pieces to put together to solve their technical and, and corresponding business problem? And so I'm very keen on trying to help our customers solve that type of problem with the types of technologies that we have available in front of us. I mean, you know, where, where do you even start? Like, <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you communicate to customers of the, okay, like, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is like, okay, what's the difference between the, 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 the camera in my phone versus the one that can actually get the accuracy and the industrial application? Like, and, yeah. and then, then what are the different options there? And then, and I'm, you, you said something earlier, like the race to smaller, bigger, or yeah. higher, like, is it, is there different levels or is it understanding what their needs are and then trying to fit something that you have into that? Yeah, there is a big difference between like, you know, in when when in my case, you know, we talk about 360s imaging or spherical mm -hmm. imaging, and yep. um, and I think we've all seen everything from like, uh, um, you know, uh, these these amazing products, whether it's uh, equivalent to GoPro or or these other 360 cameras, they're hugely fun, right? Like people are out there with their families, it's on a little stick, and they're out sure. riding a bike or a motorcycle or going down <laughs> a ski hill, like they're super cool. But that is not the uh, and that, super you know, distracted. Yeah, <laughs> but you but can't do grade, anything with that, right? Well, it's it's fun, but the the grade of the optics, the precision of the content—that's not what our customers. They our customers are yeah. asking like several levels above that. Sure, right? like they need yeah. that type. Of, so it's really interesting to learn and understand how our customers, you know, can um, how they need something of that level of caliber, and then how can we deliver it to them in the most cost-effective manner so they can you know, make it useful to their customers. So that's a continuous challenge for us. Um, it, it's just, it's, 
there is a, and then as you we were talking about what's the you know what's it where's the opportunity being hardware and software well we push hard on the hardware but there's tremendous opportunity on the software side too so when we talk about technologies these are these go hand in hand because any one by itself isn't enough to help meet a the needs of a company or a business you need to have it the, the whole solution for customers and so again we don't deliver the whole solution but the parts that we bring hopefully we can be a really um, a really successful part of that critical component aspect that they need and bring value to them. And that's what we're, that's what we're striving to do. Add value, make friends. Um, yeah. Real quick, the cost of technology hmm. as it advances, is that cost going up or is it coming down? That's a great question. I think it depends on the, the metric that you might, you know, that you might want to evaluate, right? Like if you're looking at like how much, for the same amount of money, can I get more useful information for me to make decisions in a shorter period of time? I think that's something we all experience with technology. Mm -hmm. And um, that that trend, I think, is is just going to, you know, we've been very fortunate. If you think about our lifetime and, and, and oh God. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I mean, the Internet and, you know, it, like the amount of the, the whole aspect of mobile phones and and you mentioned cameras on the phones and the amount of processing that can happen and you take a family picture of your kid running across you know or or, or a toddler running across the room and and, and you can snap it and the, the kid looks amazing right like like come, what you can do today you can the even make ugly kids look good it's amazing yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is astounding what you can do on a mobile phone today or what the processing it's that, got a freaking know, lidar is. sensor in it sensor exactly in yeah it's it nuts. is it, it is so so this really is if you think about what you can do for the, the equivalent dollar value it continues to 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 advance year over year uh, if you just look at that, like at it from that perspective, and and the fortunate uh, where life has allowed me to be a part of this space, this industry, uh, in this in this world, I think it's pretty it's pretty amazing. No doubt, no doubt. On that note, I have one more question for you. Um, hypothetically, you have a son or daughter entering high school or getting ready to finish high school. Where do you direct them? I mean, what what, what what's the path to success right now, long term? Oh well, obviously, God. it's uh, get it's a not computer... land surveying. No, no, clearly not. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's get a computer science degree, then uh, start a company, sell it for a billion dollars, and then uh, you know keep going from there. That sounds like a great idea, but yeah, yeah. I would much rather hear from Mike. I'd much rather hear from Mike. <laughs> great suggestion, Sean. Uh, you know, I actually have I have several children, and they're all in, in post secondary, and so like any parent, right? that you grapple with that right yeah you know and it, you, you're every one of your kids if you have more than one kid i'm sure you're probably aware that they're all their own unique individuals so i've had the gamut of you know i've had one where i say one thing and he turns around and goes the exact diametric opposite direction right so <laughs> right so i've ultimately i think as a parent <laughs> as a parent you 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 want your kids to be you know to have a great life hopefully better than what you've had so yeah. you're always trying to direct them to something that, that you're like hey is it can you get a can you get a good job out of it like are you gonna do, are you enjoy it um that kind of thing but uh, you know my kids are also the age where they will argue right back right so i've got another one that says dad you know i don't care about the money part i'm not gonna love it so I'm going to do what I love, right? So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give respect to that as well. So. Absolutely, yeah. and to have a kid that can have that perspective is pretty amazing. Yeah, Sean, you gotta have another kid. You should have another kid. Let's populate the world let's, with your geniusness. Let's let's continue the conversation to something else. Because <laughs> <laughs> your daughter's watching right now. Yeah, she's I like, know. She's like, oh, I'm going to have a brother or sister. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I know. I'm not really <laughs> setting expectations here. Uh, what else, Mike? What else do you want to get out there? Um, anything new and exciting that you want to talk about? Anything that the listeners might want to think is is fun and cool happening in your world? Yeah, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, in, in my professional career, as I, as I said, there's there's two aspects that, that I'm focused on. You know, there's this mobile mapping space that we have been fortunate to be a part of for quite some time. 
but this space continues to be very demanding uh, on our customers. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I've had the fortune, of course, going to meet with our customers worldwide, uh, attend events uh, like an Intergeo in Europe or a Geo Week in, in North America. So I look very much forward to continue to engage and understand what what are those problems that you're trying to solve for your end customer that will help you be successful? And if you're comfortable, share that with us so that we can, you know, we can brainstorm and share what products and technologies that we have uh, to help support you. So that's something that, you know, from a business perspective, we're, we're very open to and want to be supportive of. And maybe it's just not what, what you just said, just reminded me of, Sometimes we all use the limitations in whatever the hardware, you know, the limitations that are inherent to what we have is, is the limit of where we can that's go. That's the question right? I was going to ask. And, and that's kind of what you're saying there. And yeah. well, at least what I heard was uh, share how you're trying to add value to your customers because you may, you may be able to up change, make, you know, offer some, something new that we had. You haven't thought about, we haven't thought about, is that kind of where you're going here? Well, my question was going to be, has it ever happened where somebody has come to you with a problem or a challenge and you're like, we're not there yet. Talk to me in five years. <laughs> well, what I was thinking of is, uh, did you not know that version two is right here and it does everything <laughs> that you've got? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think from a business hat perspective, right? If you're, if you're supporting your sales team, you'd love to say, yeah, we've got version two right here. And <laughs> right, it's, it's like yeah. everything you want and more. Uh, you know, that's not always the case. And I mean, that's the ideal scenario, right? Uh, you know, we are very open to, to hearing what the... And, and, and the thing that's interesting is it's not that it's so... I've been fortunate again in this role where I love the technology, but I want to hear what are you trying to, what, what are you facing as a challenge as a business or operational challenge? What is it that's preventing you? So if we had the technology solved, what can we do for you? Um, and, and how can we work? So th there's that, that type of conversation where you can mix both together, mm -hmm. I think is fascinating. That's yeah. the really fascinating part. And so I love having those types of conversations with, with, with people in our industry and, and, and with our customer base. How much do you interact with and share that experience across the different departments at Teledyne? Yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great question, right? So um, Teledyne as such a large organization, I think we face challenges in, 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 in lateral communication like many other large organizations. Oh, sure. So, so there, you know, events like these, these, these shows that I was mentioning to you, they are actually opportunities to not just for us as a business to meet with our customers, but, but believe it or not, it's an opportunity for us to connect with our colleagues in that adjacent business who's mm. also in the same market with a different set of products and technology. So they become huge opportunities for us to cross collaborate and brainstorm and share. So oh, yeah. it's, it's an interesting place to be in, right? To be able to do that. Sure. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. Again, <laughs> There's so much. We go, go in so I, many different directions. I right go now. through my normal professional day, <laughs> and then we meet someone and talk to them. I'm like, well, no, you're actually down here. There, this guy's doing well, wait, 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 I wait, was wait, laughing wait. earlier when uh, Mike said, you know, I, I talk to really intelligent people all day long, and I'm thinking to myself, and he's spending time with us. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man, Mike, Mike we appreciate you having me on. Uh, we always ask this question to every, all, every single one of our guests. Uh, do you have a mantra that you live by? Oh, um, I think this applies to both, uh, both my personal life and my professional life, but... Um, uh, whenever you're trying to achieve or you've got a dream or a vision or an idea and you're trying to turn into reality, um, and you might have seen this these in a little of these memes where you've got these different ladders. If you ever Google it, you'll see it. But the, the term is, you know, never underestimate the importance of small steps. Mm. So every day, take a step forward. You might mm. slide back too, but always try to take another step forward. And if you've got that goal, that vision, and it's clear in your mind, uh, every day, take a small step forward. Love it. Uh, I am a I big I think I was just proponent. talking to my boss about this right before the show. I think you heard that conversation. Yeah, yeah, actually yeah. I did. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, Mike, hey, listen, we, we could spend hours talking about this. We'd love to have you come back another time if you'd be willing to. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me here today. You going to be here in uh, Denver next week? For Geo Week? Oh, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. Hey, I'll come on by. Yes. I'll come on by. Uh, what is our booth? 225? 225. 225 is the Geoholics booth this year. So yep. Stop nice. by and see us. Yeah, yeah if you want yeah, to come. We, we'll, we'll be in booth 517. So, 517. Uh, Teledyne, yeah. Yeah, All right, two twenty-five. We got it. We'll buy you mezcal if you make the putt. There's a putting oh, yeah, game yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, we, we, if we, you make the putt, you get a shot of mezcal. We've added some games. Skill challenging so. question going on on this one. <laughs> yes, it's a skill challenge and oh, has alcohol. God, so so uh, the best of both worlds. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Nice, to, nice to meet both of you. Thank you very much. You as well. All right, adding value and making friends. Man, again. The two two most popular hashtags right now, hashtag add value, hashtag making friends. Ah, two most popular hashtags. Where did those come from? I think from us. I think think it's clearly from us. Yep. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show or if you have any guest suggestions or just want to be a guest, shoot us an email at info at thegeaholics.com. I would love to hear from you. Journey, stone in love. Gives me the chills every time I hear it. Until next time, everyone. Here we go. Teledyne has the technology. Let them know what they can do for you. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, never underestimate the importance of small steps. Oh, by far. And most importantly, be safe and healthy, everybody. 